Good evening. I'm Heather Crespin, and welcome to Bedtime Bible Stories for Adults. If you are here, you probably have trouble sleeping, like me. Sometimes the stresses of life can keep us from sleeping, and it's so hard to shut off our minds. Other times, we need to reset our circadian rhythm, our internal clock, or it could be both. Here are some things you can do to help. Try to get some morning sunlight as early as you can and without wearing sunglasses, even if for only 10 minutes, although 20 to 60 minutes is recommended. Go to bed around the same time every night and allow for eight hours at a minimum. Stop screen time at least 30 minutes before bed. Try to imagine God looking down at earth and realize how small we are and how big our God is. He commands us to not worry, to not be afraid, and to trust in Him. He didn't even make it a suggestion. He made it a command because He knew how difficult it would be for us. Show obedience to God by laying everything at His feet and rest in his arms. Close your eyes. Slowly begin to relax your muscles from your neck to your shoulder blades to your arms, your hands and fingers, your back, your legs, all the way to your toes. Let the weight of your body sink into your bed and pillow. Breathe in deeply and breathe out slowly. Empty your mind of any burdens or worries and give them to God and prepare to listen to the Word of God. King Hiram of Tyre had always been a loyal friend of David. When Hiram learned that David's son Solomon was the new king of Israel, he sent ambassadors to congratulate him. Then Solomon sent this message back to Hiram. I am planning to build a temple 
to honor the name of the Lord my God, just as he had instructed my father David. For the Lord told him, Your son, whom I will place on your throne, will build the temple to honor my name. Therefore, please command that cedars from Lebanon be cut for me. Let my men work alongside yours, and I will pay your men whatever wages you ask. As you know, there is no one among us who can cut timber like you Sidonians. When Hiram received Solomon's message, he was very pleased and said, Praise the Lord today for giving David a wise son to be king of the great nation of Israel. Then he sent this reply to Solomon. I have received your message, and I will supply all the cedar and cypress timber you need. My servants will bring the logs from the Lebanon mountains to the Mediterranean Sea and make them into rafts and float them along the coast to whatever place you choose. Then we will break the rafts apart so you can carry the logs away. You can pay me by supplying me with food for my household. So Hiram supplied as much cedar and cypress timber as Solomon desired. In return, Solomon sent him an annual payment of 100,000 bushels of wheat for his household and 110,000 gallons of pure olive oil. So the Lord gave wisdom to Solomon just as he had promised, and Hiram and Solomon made a formal alliance of peace. It was in mid-spring, during the fourth year of Solomon's reign, that he began to construct the Temple of the Lord. This was 480 years after the people of Israel were rescued from their slavery in the land of Egypt. The temple that King Solomon built for the Lord was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 45 feet high. The entry room at the front of the temple was 30 feet wide, running across the entire width of the temple. It projected outward 15 feet from the front of the temple. He built a complex of rooms against the outer walls of the temple, all the way around the sides and rear of the building. The entrance to the bottom floor was on the south side of the temple. There were winding stairs going up to the second floor and another flight of stairs 
between the second and third floors. The Lord gave this message to Solomon. Concerning this temple you are building, if you keep all my decrees and regulations and obey all my commands, I will fulfill through you the promise I made to your father David. I will live among the Israelites and will never abandon my people Israel. So Solomon finished building the temple. The foundation of the Lord's temple was laid in mid-spring during the fourth year of Solomon's reign. The entire building was completed in every detail by mid-autumn during the eleventh year of his reign. So it took seven years to build the temple. Solomon also built a palace for himself and it took him 13 years to complete the construction. One of Solomon's buildings was called the Palace of the Forest of Lebanon. It was 150 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. There were four rows of cedar pillars and great cedar beams rested on the pillars. Solomon also built the throne room, known as the Hall of Justice, where he sat to hear legal matters. It was paneled with cedar from floor to ceiling. Solomon's living quarters surrounded a courtyard behind this hall, and they were constructed the same way. He also built similar living quarters for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had married. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of the Israelites. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before King Solomon at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn. When the elders of Israel arrived, the priests picked up the Ark. The priests and Levites brought up the Ark of the Lord along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. There before the Ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Then the priests carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, 
the most holy place and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord had made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left the land of Egypt. When the priests came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. Then Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. Then the king turned around to the entire community of Israel standing before him and gave this blessing. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he made to my father David. For he told my father, from the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have never chosen a city among any of the tribes of Israel as the place where a temple should be built to honor my name. But I have chosen David to be king over my people Israel. Then Solomon said, My father David wanted to build this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, You wanted to build the temple to honor my name. Your intention is good, but you are not the one to do it. One of your own sons will build the temple to honor me. And now the Lord has fulfilled the promise he made, for I have become king in my father's place. And now I sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord promised. I have built this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And I have prepared a place for the ark, which contains the covenant that the Lord made with our ancestors when he brought them out of Egypt. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire community of Israel. He lifted his hands toward heaven and he prayed. When Solomon finished praying to the Lord, he stood up in front of the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands raised toward heaven. He stood and in a loud voice blessed the entire congregation of Israel. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us or abandon us. May he give us the desire 
to do his will in everything and to obey all the commands, decrees, and regulations that he gave our ancestors. May these words that I have prayed in the presence of the Lord be before him constantly, day and night, so that the Lord our God may give justice to me and to his people Israel according to each day's needs. Then people all over the earth will know that the Lord alone is God and there is no other. And may you be completely faithful to the Lord our God. May you always obey his decrees and commands just as you are doing today. Then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices to the Lord. So the king and all the people of Israel dedicated the temple of the Lord. Then Solomon and all Israel celebrated the festival of shelters in the presence of the Lord. A large congregation had gathered. The celebration went on for 14 days in all, seven days for the dedication of the altar and seven days for the festival of shelters. After the festival was over, Solomon sent the people home. They blessed the king and went to their homes joyful and glad because the Lord had been good to his servant David and to his people Israel. So Solomon finished building the temple of the Lord as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time, as he had done before at Gibeon. The Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your petition. I have set this temple apart to be holy. This place you have built where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it for it is dear to my heart. As for you, if you will follow me with integrity and godliness, as David your father did, obeying all my commands, decrees, and regulations, then I will establish the throne of your dynasty over Israel forever. For I made this promise to your father David, one of your descendants will always sit on the throne of Israel. But if you or your descendants abandon me and disobey the commands and decrees I have given you, and if you serve and worship other gods, then I will uproot Israel from this land that I have given them. I will reject this temple that I have made holy to honor my name. I will make Israel an object of mockery and ridicule among the nations. 
And though this temple is impressive now, all who pass by will be appalled and will gasp in horror. They will ask, Why did the Lord do such terrible things to this land and to this temple? And the answer will be, Because his people abandoned the Lord their God, who brought their ancestors out of Egypt, and they worshipped other gods instead, and bowed down to them. That is why the Lord has brought all these disasters on them. When the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, which brought honor to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She arrived in Jerusalem with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels, loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the Queen of Sheba realized how very wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on his tables, the organization of his officials and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers and the burnt offerings Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. She exclaimed to the king, Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe what was said until I arrived here and saw it with my own eyes. In fact, I had not heard the half of it. Your wisdom and prosperity are far beyond what I was told. How happy your people must be. What a privilege for your officials to stand here day after day, listening to your wisdom. Praise the Lord your God, who delights in you and has placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, He has made you king so you can rule with justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king a gift of 9,000 pounds of gold, great quantities of spices, and precious jewels. Never again were there so many spices brought in as those the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba whatever she asked for, besides all the customary gifts he had so generously given. Then she 
and all her attendants returned to their own land. Each year, Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. This did not include the additional revenue he received from merchants and traders, all the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold, each weighing more than 15 pounds. He also made 300 smaller shields of hammered gold, each weighing nearly four pounds. The king placed these shields in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Then the king made a huge throne, decorated with ivory and overlaid with fine gold. The throne had six steps and a rounded back. There were armrests on both sides of the seat, and the figure of a lion stood on each side of the throne. There were also twelve other lions, one standing on each of the six steps. No other throne in all the world could be compared with it. All of King Solomon's drinking cups were solid gold as were all the utensils in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. They were not made of silver, for silver was considered worthless in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships of Tarshish that sailed with Hiram's fleet. Once every three years, the ships returned loaded with gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. So King Solomon became richer and wiser than any other king on earth. People from every nation came to consult him and to hear the wisdom God had given him. Year after year, Everyone who visited brought him gifts of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon built up a huge force of chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. He stationed some of them in the chariot cities and some near him in Jerusalem. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone, and valuable cedar timber was as common as the sycamore fig trees that grow in the foothills of Judah. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and from Cilicia. The king's traders acquired them from Cilicia at the standard price. At that time, chariots from Egypt 
could be purchased for 600 pieces of silver and horses for 150 pieces of silver. They were then exported to the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Aram. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, You must not marry them, because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God, as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped the goddess of the Sidonians and the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely, as his father David had done. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for the detestable god of Moab, and another for the detestable god of the Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. The Lord was very angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. So now the Lord said to him, Since you have not kept my command and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father David, I will not do this while you are still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son. And even so, I will not take away the entire kingdom. I will let him be king of one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. Then the Lord raised up Hadid, the Edomite, a member of Edom's royal family, to be Solomon's adversary. 
Years before, David had defeated Edom. Joab, his army commander, had stayed to bury some of the Israelite soldiers who had died in battle. While there, they killed every male in Edom. Joab and the army of Israel had stayed there for six months, killing them. But Hadad and a few of his father's royal officials escaped and headed for Egypt. Hadad was just a boy at the time. They set out from Midian and went to Paran, where others joined them. Then they traveled to Egypt and went to Pharaoh, who gave them a home food, and some land. Pharaoh grew very fond of Hadad, and he gave him his wife's sister in marriage. She bore him a son named Jenubath. The queen raised him in Pharaoh's palace among Pharaoh's own sons. When the news reached Hadad in Egypt, that David and his commander Joab were both dead, he said to Pharaoh, let me return to my own country. Why, Pharaoh asked him, what do you lack here that makes you want to go home? Nothing, he replied, but even so, please let me return home. God also raised up Rezin as Solomon's adversary. Rezin had fled from his master, king of Zobah, and had become the leader of a gang of rebels. Rezin and his men fled to Damascus, where he became king. Rezin was Israel's bitter adversary for the rest of Solomon's reign and he made trouble, just as Hadad did. Rezin hated Israel intensely and continued to reign in Aram. Another rebel leader was Jeroboam, the son of one of Solomon's own officials. This is the story behind his rebellion. Solomon was rebuilding the supporting terraces and repairing the walls of the city of his father David. Jeroboam was a very capable young man. And when Solomon saw how industrious he was, he put him in charge of the labor force from the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, the descendants of Joseph. One day, as Jeroboam was leaving Israel, the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh met him along the way. Ahijah was wearing a new cloak. The two of them were alone in a field, and Ahijah took a hold of the new cloak he was wearing and tore it into 12 pieces.
Then he said to Jeroboam, Take ten of these pieces, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon, and I will give ten of the tribes to you. But I will leave him one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. For Solomon has abandoned me and worshiped the goddess of the Sidonians, the god of Moab, and the god of the Ammonites. He has not followed my ways and done what is pleasing in my sight. He has not obeyed my decrees and regulations as David his father did. But I will not take the entire kingdom from Solomon at this time. For the sake of my servant David, the one whom I chose and who obeyed my commands and decrees, I will keep Solomon as leader for the rest of his life. But I will take the kingdom away from his son and give ten of the tribes to you. His son will have one tribe so that the descendants of David, my servant, will continue to reign, shining like a lamp in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen to be the place for my name. And I will place you on the throne of Israel, and you will rule over all that your heart desires. If you listen to what I tell you and follow my ways and do whatever I consider to be right, and if you obey my decrees and commands, then I will always be with you. I will establish an enduring dynasty for you as I did for David, and I will give Israel to you. Because of Solomon's sin, I will punish the descendants of David, though not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but he fled to King Shishak of Egypt and stayed there until Solomon died. The rest of the events in Solomon's reign including all his deeds and his wisdom, are recorded in the book of the Acts of Solomon. Solomon ruled in Jerusalem over all Israel for 40 years. When he died, he was buried in the city of David, named for his father. Then his son, Rehoboam became the next king.